and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz podcast, a show for creatives to encourage and inspire through actionable legal, tax, money, and business topics. I'm Braden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator. If you are ready to get your legal and tax shit legit, you are in the right place. But before we fully dive in, here is a quick word from my sponsors. This episode is brought to you by my free training, The Three Legal and Tax Mistakes Made by New and Experienced Business Owners and How You Can Avoid Them. Here's the thing. There's a few key things we've all got to do to make sure we unfuck our biz. I've seen all the mistakes and I know how to help you get past them. So here's what I want you to do. Go to www.unfuckyourbiz.com, sign up for the free training, watch it, and do at least one of the homework assignments I share in the masterclass. Promise? Okay, now let's dive into the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the Unfuck Your Biz podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden, and on today's episode, I will walk you through updates to AB5, California's super fun new contractor law, which could be potentially creating carve-outs for some wedding professionals. So if you have not been following along, um, this has been a very crazy law. We've talked about it on the podcast a couple of times. But for a full recap, you can go back and check out those episodes. But I would actually probably send you first to my blog post on the topic, which is at bradendrake.com forward slash AB5. So that blog post kind of walks you through the whole framework. Uh, I think it's, this is such a dense topic that it's easiest to really sit down and digest it that way. And then it provides a little bit more context when we dive into more specific areas of the law, of the law here on the podcast. So to give you a quick recap of what this law is all about. It essentially changes who can be an independent contractor and who must be reclassified as an employee in your business if you are hiring contractors in the state of California. If you're not in California, I don't want you to immediately turn off the podcast. And the reason why is because this law is considered to be pretty groundbreaking, I would say. And it's paving the way for other states who want to take a look at their contractor laws as well. So we've already had uh, Congress at a federal level has proposed a law to make this a federal law. And then it would apply to all of us. Luckily, for right now, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. And I, I say luckily because if you're a small business owner, you probably will not be supporting this law. You'll learn more about it in a second. And also some other states are looking at adopting it as well. So it's always good to be ahead of the curve. Stick with me, I'm gonna tell you all about it. So a little bit of background, back in April of 2018, at the Supreme Court of California heard a case called Dynamex. If that's ringing a bell to you, that's where this all started. And they created a new test called the ABC test, which would be the new determining factor for whether someone was an independent contractor or an employee within specific contexts for certain industries under certain areas of the employment law. Not all gets really, really fuzzy and gray, but if we're jumping forward a couple of years, we can just kind of skip all that stuff. The California State Legislature passed a bill in September of last year, so almost a full year ago 
that would codify that ABC test and essentially apply it to all industries across the state and all areas of employment law. So now we don't have to worry about like what it does and doesn't apply to, more just when does it apply and can you get out of it. So the ABC test has three prongs and to, again, we're doing a very quick summary here, full information is in the blog post, but part B of the ABC test essentially states that you cannot hire a individual as a contractor if they provide the same core service as you. So photographers can't hire photographers, attorneys can't hire attorneys, you get the picture. That was very problematic, especially in the event industry because wedding planners have day of wedding planning assistants, photographers have second shooters, floral designers have floral assistants. A lot of the times, the people that you're hiring are your colleagues, even your competitors, but you all help each other out, you know, in the spirit of community over competition. And all the businesses I work with don't have big teams of people that they can rely on when they need an extra helping hand for a specific project on a specific day. So this is kind of our problem. And in the ABC test, there are a few exceptions to the rule. So first you have to say, do I meet the ABC test? Meaning, does this even apply to me? So I'll give you a quick example of when it doesn't apply. I, Braden, am an attorney, but I also have an online business, such an education company where I provide courses and a membership. I'm not a graphic designer, I'm not a photographer. I, I do consider myself creative, but you know, most people would say that I'm not quote unquote, a creative in a creative field. So if I hire, let's say I hire a web designer or graphic designer to redo my whole website, we don't provide the same core service. We don't do the same thing. That person has an established business. They have autonomy to do everything that they need to do. That's kind of like our classic contractor example. It's a business to business contracting relationship that would not run afoul of the ABC test. We would still be good to go. If it's a graphic designer hiring another graphic designer to help complete my project. Now that's a subcontracting relationship and we run into a problem with AB5. So they need to look into the law to see if any of the exceptions apply. So a couple of weeks ago, I did an AB5 workshop for my membership members. We went through the whole law and specifically this new part of the law. And I thought it would be helpful to dive into that on the podcast today. So what we're talking about is Assembly Bill 1850. So this is a new amendment, more or less, that's been passed by, let me open up the legislative history here so I can make sure that I get it right. It's been passed by the Assembly at the state and it's now at the state Senate, which means it's like halfway through the process. Governor, the Senate still has to approve it and then it'll need to be signed by the governor. And what this bill does is it creates an amendment to one of the three different areas where you can get yourself out of AB5 land, we'll say. So the first of those three areas are the industry exemptions, like they exempted all attorneys from the law because of course they did. The attorneys probably lobbied for it and most of the politicians are attorneys. So they were just like, we'll just get ourselves out of here. They also exempted doctors, dentists, like a lot of those quote unquote professional or profession, professional professions, professionally licensed professions, you know what I'm going for. So that's the first exemption and pretty much none of the, the creative fields or who I would normally work with are included in that exemption. 
The third is something called the business to business exception. So if you're a business hiring another business, you can be accepted from the ABC test, provided that you meet all 11 of the law's requirements. So those are very strict. Um, I don't want any of you to think that just because you're a business and you're hiring another business, you're good because there's very, very specific requirements. We're not talking about those on the podcast today. Instead, what we're talking about is the second, the second exception, which is the professional service exception. And the professional service exception essentially states that if you're deemed a professional service, and it defines what a professional service is for us, and you meet six requirements, so you have to be a professional service, you have to meet six requirements, then you are exempted from AB5. So if at this point you're totally lost and confused, and that's totally normal because this law is very confusing and loses everyone, and I myself have probably read it 20 times, and I still have to check myself sometimes. So stick with me. Hopefully it'll make sense. In the end, I'm going to do my best. So AB 1850 is an amendment that amends part of what the professional service exception says. And it adds to the professional service exception photography and videography and that sort of thing. So let me just read this instead of rambling and then we'll just, we'll work through it. So it states that a professional service will also include services provided by a still photographer, photojournalist, videographer, or photo editor. So yay, photographer, photojournalist, videographer, photo editor, who works under a contract that specifies in advance the rate of pay. So you have to have a contract, independent contractor agreement. It also has to state the intellectual property rights and the obligation to pay by a defined time. As long as the individual providing the services is not replacing an employee performing the same work at the same volume, the individual does not primarily perform the work at the hiring entity's business location, and the individual is not restricted from working for more than one hiring entity. So let's break that down. Let's assume you're a photographer hiring another photographer. You have to have an independent contractor agreement in place that specifies before the work arrangement begins what you're going to pay this other photographer, who owns the intellectual property, and when you're going to pay them by. Also, this person can't replace something that an employee would be doing in your business. Most of you don't have employees, so that shouldn't be a problem. And then uh, the individual does not primarily perform the work at the hiring entity's business location. I'm assuming most of you work from home and you're probably going other places to do the work anyway. So probably not a problem there either. And then the individual is not restricted from working for more than one hiring entity. So you can't have, you probably can't have non-compete clauses or at least you can't be telling them that they can't go work with your competitors. It goes on to say this subclause is not applicable to a still photographer, photojournalist, videographer, or photo editor who works on motion pictures, which includes and then goes on and has a whole list. I don't, I don't work with anyone who really works in the motion picture industry, so I just kind of skip this part. So that's the first part of our professional services exception. If you meet all those prongs, I just listed off, listed off what it's telling you is that you are a quote unquote professional service. And then if you meet the six requirements under the professional service except exemption, 
you can get around the ABC test and still hire people in your same industry as an independent contractor. So I'm going to go through these six requirements really quickly. I'm not going to have a long dialogue or discussion on them. Like I said, we've talked about them in the membership. I've also done one-on-one -on -one consultations on this. If you really want to break it down for your business, I would encourage you to check out Fundamentals and come join us because we really get into the weeds here. But our six requirements is that the individual, and I'm going to kind of just translate as I go, so I won't be reading this verbatim, but the contractor maintains a business location, which can include their own personal residence that is separate from the hiring entity. Nothing in the subdivision prohibits an individual from truth choosing to perform services at the location of the hiring entity. So the contractor can work with you at your work location. They just have to maintain their own work location, which basically all that's required under here is that they have a home address listed on all their licenses. The next requirement is that if it says if the work is performed more than six months after the effective date of this section, the individual has a business license in addition to any required professional licenses or permits for the individual to practice in their profession. So just ignore the six months part and leave the requirement at they got to have a business license and whatever licenses are required under your profession. Three, the individual has the ability to set or negotiate their own rates for the services performed. You can't just give everyone a flat rate. It's got to be a negotiation. Four, uh, outside of the project completion dates and reasonable business hours, the individual has the ability to set their own individual hours. So example I always give, if you're going to hire a subcontractor to do work for a design client, you should tell them when you need the, the deliverables by but not when they have to do the work. So you can't dictate that they work only during like normal business hours and Pacific Standard Time rather than in the middle of the night because that's just how they like to operate. As long as you're getting the work product during a certain time, that's fine. Five, the individual is customarily engaged in the same type of work performed under the contract with another hiring entity or hold themselves out to other potential customers as available to perform the same type of work. Translation, if you're hiring someone to do graphic design work as a subcontractor, they should be doing that same type of work for other people or at least be marketing themselves to the masses as a designer open to take clients. And then the last requirement, number six, the individual customarily and regularly exercises discretion and independent judgment in the performance of services. So that one's kind of vague and subjective. Those are our six requirements. So if you meet that definition of professional services and you meet these six requirements, then you are good to go hiring your independent contractor. Now I did mention the B2B exception and I mentioned that that one has 11 requirements. If you read through it, you can Google the law and give it a read or go to my blog post. You'll see that a lot of them are duplicative of these six requirements we just discussed, but the B2B exception is stricter. So they're similar, but stricter. And then there's an additional five requirements as well. Now, if you've made it this far, if my poor wedding planner and hair and makeup and floral friends and DJs and all of you have made it this far and you're wondering, well, what about us that just mentioned photographers? Well, we're still kind of in a holding pattern for you. I actually did not mention there is a professional service exception for graphic designers and marketers, a few other things. Again, go check the blog post. But for other event industry professionals, a lot of you are going to have to rely on the business to business exception now. 
I actually, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm sure you saw this, but several weeks ago, I had a back and forth Twitter conversation with the drafter of this law, Assemblywoman Gonzalez. She represents a district here in San Diego. She authored the bill and is really kind of the champion that got it passed. And I was explaining to her how this is not really working for a lot of people in the industry. She asked me to provide her examples. I sent her a five page letter, uh, still waiting for a response on that. But essentially I made a lot of arguments that there should be a professional service exception for the event industry as a whole. Hopefully we'll get that. I know that they are still actively making amendments. So all I can really tell you right now is that you need to be looking into this law. If you're not already familiar with it, do your best to comply. Really consider whether you should hire employees. Um, actually, I have more information on that, but I'm not going to give it away today. I've talked to a few different few different creatives who've hired, they all said it's not really that bad. So if you do have ongoing relationships with certain contractors, consider hiring. It's not, it's not really horrible. Um, but otherwise, stay tuned because we might have more amendments coming. That's all I can really tell you right now. So again, go check out the blog post if you want all the information. And then I got to get my plug in before I close out the podcast. Almost forgot. I mentioned on the previous episodes that I have an, a contract workshop coming up on the last Wednesday of this month, July 2020. We're going to be talking all about how to update your contract and handle client conversations around force majeure, cancellations, postponements, COVID-19, all that kind of stuff. So go to bradendrake.com forward slash workshop to get registered for that. I would love to see you there. And that's all I have for this episode. So I hope it wasn't totally overwhelming. If it was, feel free to go hop in the Braden's Besties Facebook group. We can talk about it. And I will be back in your podcast app for next week's episode. See you then. Hey there. Before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.